Welcome to Mind Your Pleasure Podcast, where we discuss how your pleasure can lay the foundation for justice, community, and personal evolution. In this episode, Eugenia and myself begin to delve into the fascinating link between women's sexual health pleasure, and emotional well-being. If you are a woman that experiences PMS, PMDD, hypothyroidism, painful periods, you want to give this episode a listen. Eugenia starts to give her stories as well as stories from firsthand accounts and discusses the importance of pleasure as a revolutionary understanding of the healing process. So I'm really excited to jump into this conversation today and let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, from our little break. This is Mind Your Pleasure Podcast, and today I have the amazingly talented and absolutely beautiful Eugenia on. She is a pleasure and intimacy coach, and I'm so excited to have our conversation today. We are going to talk about some things that I feel are not widely spoken about, especially in the realms of like how our sexuality and... um, sexual traumas really relate back into like how we're feeling emotionally and how it like develops into um, different diseases and illness and stuff that a lot of us women experience that, you know, we end up going to our doctors for and end up creating these issues more and more. And I really want us to take this lens today of using pleasure as medicine and how pleasure can really be used as this tool and as this mechanism for us to heal on all levels of our body. So welcome, Eugenia. Hi, and thanks so much for welcoming me into the podcast. I'm super excited about having this conversation with you and very happy to be here. Beautiful. I would really, really love um, you to share, you know, your experiences maybe with yourself or some of the women that you've worked with that maybe have really suffered with, you know, their emotional turmoil, being on that emotional roller coaster and how that has really been a pivotal role in your work, like when using pleasure and intimacy as that kind of medicine um, to work with whatever is arising for them. Would you like to share? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I think it's a great topic to talk about because actually there's so many people think that sex, sexual trauma just only affects people in sexuality when actually it doesn't. Um, I have been recently working at the festival and offering sex coaching sessions. And some women were coming to me because they had a problem in work. You know, they've been feeling overlooked, undermined. They felt like they can't speak up, that they don't have uh, attention. You know, when, when they need attention, you know, in terms of like the they don't have that presence or they feel ignored. And, you know, it was so interesting for me to see. It's like, oh, my God, it's a sex coaching session. And ladies come with problems at work to me. This is interesting. And really, deep down, 
those ladies knew that actually what happens is that something that has happened when they uh, refused their feminine energy, their that sensual flow to be seen when they something happened in the past and they felt like it's safer not to uh, speak up, it's safer to be forceful, to be more in a masculine role, to be more strategic, they have more, you know, power. And when we started looking at all the reasons why that was happening, everything had been bringing back that feminine energy. It was not safe for feminine energy to be there. You know, it was not safe for her to be feminine, to be to follow her intuition, to be flowy and you know and airy and you know all those you know sensual qualities that we use. It was not safe for her. And what was very interesting that the way she treated her own sexual energy and feminine energy. Her boss at work treated her exactly the same way. So it was just so incredible to acknowledge how she treats herself inside she got treated by her boss. You know, um, and through a simple process, we kind of got to the place where we adjusted that, you know, but her body was tense, everything, you know, it's like, Speaking very low, not to offend anybody, becoming a good girl, you know, things like that. And I see that a lot of women that are trying to adjust themselves to others, we become people pleasers, we lose our voice, we don't express our emotions. I worked with women who uh, actually do sexual trauma or even shame uh, could not be maturated because their their um, uh, pussy would bleed completely. If anything would come near her, she would start bleeding. And imagine being in a long-term relationship where you want to have that intimate time with your partner, but you cannot. So that has been a massive um, holdback for that for her in the relationship and with her partner. Um, but all it takes actually to feel safe and trust yourself so then you can trust others and it's just so beautiful to see for me personally to see when there are loving and supportive partners who help support and provide that safety when we are feeling very um sensitive when we're feeling very emotional when we're feeling like oh but maybe i'm too much oh my but maybe i'm not enough you know because really with our cycle we have so many hormones you know and they like always going up and down and if something happened to you in the past that triggers some very intense emotions those hormones they just jumping through the roof and very often nothing makes sense and very often women are aware that they are acting crazy but they 
still thinking about it. Very often, I'm aware, like, when I'm ovulating, I'm acting crazy. <laughs> and I'm aware that I'm acting crazy, and I'm like, what is going on? But I cannot stop, you know? So I just have to accept myself and love myself and just allow myself to be and have that safe environment where I can be that way. Mm. What about yourself? Did you have experiences like that? Mm, I love that. Come back at me. <laughs> um, so one of the big things that I was hearing in all of like the messages that you were bringing forward were, was implementing safety in the body and feeling like you can trust yourself and trust yourself to make decisions, trust yourself financially, trust yourself on all these different levels, sexually, whatever it is. Um, and I would say, you know, I, from a very young age, I had PNDD, didn't even realize. So those of you who don't know what PNDD is, it's like what Eugenia was saying, where because we have these natural, normal hormonal fluctuations, when we're not um, addressing like the actual root of the unresolved emotions, it's like, your hormones are actually highlighting and magnifying the unresolved shit that's underneath. So, you know, while the hormonal fluctuations are absolutely normal and natural, and we're going to feel different throughout the month, you know, having, you know, the emotional turbulence is, I think, something that a lot of us have like normalized as like, women are just crazy. Women are just, you know, we are, you know, we're hormonal. And you know, I grew up feeling or having the same beliefs of like, you know, something must be wrong with me. It's just like, you know, um, an unlucky draw of faith that I have <laughs> this hormonal shit that's going on. And what I realized by working through my pleasure and sexuality and the evolution of that, um, that I fucking healed myself on an emotional level because I was actually getting to the root of it. And, um, you know, I, like you, Gina, what you were saying, basically, when I was listening to you talk about feminine energy, what I was interpreting that as is just this profound connection with ourselves that we sometimes limit or that we cannot perceive because there's shit in the way, right? Um so for me, this journey has been a huge pivotal moment to come out of that emotional turbulence and understand that my emotions are beautiful things that don't need fixing, don't need um, limiting, but they need acceptance. They need understanding. Um, and when we're able to give ourselves that and trust ourselves on that level, that's where the healing actually takes place and where we can start to layer our pleasure and sexuality on top, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, for a very long time, me personally, I couldn't feel. Like very early in age, I have decided that it was not safe for me to feel. Like once I've seen my dad attacking my mom and she was not able to stand up for herself. And in that moment, I've decided that it's not safe to be a woman. So it's much uh, more acceptable to be like a man. So in a way, I've adapted the masculine qualities within like for me to function in the world. 
and I've built so many walls around me that, you know, that I couldn't feel. I couldn't feel pain. I was protecting myself from feeling pain, but I couldn't feel pleasure either. Like, even my body became, like, kind of numb. Like, when I was with a lover, yes, my lover touching my body, but I don't really have the sensation unless it's really intense and hard. Mm -hmm. And I actually was so much more into rough sex than, you know, than lovemaking. Lovemaking was like, oh, this is weird, you know, because I just, I needed that intensity to feel. And also to say, I carried so much offense towards men that every time when I had a period, I literally had to stay in bed in a baby-like position because I couldn't get out of bed. My, I was completely paralyzed by pain. I was like, oh my God, this is just incredible. And you know, as you said, when you start healing yourself, you kind of realize that your emotions actually became more manageable. <laughs> this actually exactly what happened with me when I started healing myself and my resolving my relationship with masculine, resolving my offense that I was carrying within me, it actually, the pain has gone. It really has gone. And right now, it's actually a great indicator. If I have a bit of a crumbs on my period, I'm like, have I been upset with my boyfriend? Or have I been upset with any man? You know, so it's like my yeah. body became such a great indicator for <laughs> where is my emotional state is at. It's like, Am I upset with somebody? Am I angry with somebody? You know, like, for example, when people have got UTI, it means that you're pissed off with somebody. Basically, you're angry. I used to, like, uh, not me personally, but my friend, she used to get UTIs every time she would have sex with somebody. Like, every single time. She was like, oh my god, I don't know what is going on. And I'm like, let's look at this. Um, are you angry at him for some reason? And actually what was coming up that she was angry with the guy that she was dating because, you know, like whatever he said, you know, whatever he did or didn't do or like whatever the reason was, she was angry with him. Or maybe she wasn't fully satisfied in bed. Or maybe, you know, like there was always something. Maybe she felt used. And it was manifesting with her as the UTI. Because that suppressed anger. Because we are conditioned to be good girls and not express our emotions. Especially anger. God damn it, how could you? You know, it's like be angry. It's like, and what? It would mean that you're crazy. It will mean that you are, you know, like with all of this emotional stuff and, and whatnot, you know. And yeah, and suppressing anger, it manifests in a, in a UTI. 
Yeah, I everything that you just said was like so spot on in my own experience and the experiences of my own clients who are women. And oh my goodness, it is so it's so real. You know, I had painful periods too since I can remember. And again, now that I have an understanding of my emotional body, like and if I have cramps that month, I yeah, I can also look back at my relationship or the things that had occurred during the month. And say, yeah, okay, I was out of alignment there. Yeah, I'm carrying some anger, some resentment in that area. And as soon as I'm able to resolve that, whether it's through communication or self-pleasure or, you know, whatever it is, just expressing it, and if, like, I won't have the pain the next month, you know? Um, that shit's so real. <laughs> it's like, but it, it's, it can be so simple, too, you know, to actually... Um, listen to the thoughts and emotions that we're having throughout the month so that we can um, start to work with our emotional state rather than like avoiding it, rather than using um, sex to cope, for example, you know? Um, and again, like the UTI stuff that you're speaking of, there's so many manifestations of physical stuff that is actually rooted in our emotions and those types of imbalances, you know? I mean, even like cysts and fibroids, those are so interconnected with, I've, I've seen women with PMDD, for example, um, usually will have cysts and fibroids and hyperthyroidism too, right? That's all interconnected. And, um, you know, a part of me really believes that we need to stop treating um, women's bodies like these separate um these separate boxes, like, okay, this is for your hormones. This is for your sexuality. This is for your emotions because they're all so, so interconnected with one another. So Eugene, I would love if you could speak on that a little bit more of like, why do we disconnect those pieces of ourselves? Like, why do you think women are still turning to um, hormone replacement therapy and supplements rather than just addressing the core of it and, you know, being able to tap into their pleasure at the same time. Why do you think like we're still avoiding that? You know, this is such a great question. As you've been speaking, I actually was thinking as like so many women and I was one of them having a painful period. I was just medicated on painkillers. I was medicated, you know, just not to feel, not to feel pain. Because we are so conditioned that we need to avoid feeling pain. And we actually forget that the pain is actually the indicator for you to pay attention to certain emotions, certain emotions in your body. It's like it's like an alarm, you know, like you have a fire alarm in your house. This is the pain for you. It's like, hey, I need attention. Hey, something in your because your emotional body has no other way to get your attention but through physical pain. Through physical manifestation. It's like if you break your arm, you like, oh, fuck, I need to go to a doctor. I need to fix it. You know, that there is like, you pay attention. But because we are so like conditioned, avoid feeling pain. We would like humans would do anything just not to feel pain. 
we will like sit in the most uncomfortable situations in power too, you know, and pretend that it's not that bad, <laughs> you know, just avoid the uncom uncomfortable sensations of going into the emotions that cause you pain. Mm -hmm. And what happens very often, I work um, with this lady and actually she have had fibroids. She have she had the cysts uh, inside to the point that she had to remove her womb. And when we actually worked, we tuned in to, to her. It's like, actually, can you tell me what is this? Like, if it would be an emotion, what would that emotion be? And she was like, it's blame. I'm blaming my womb for my misery. I'm blaming my womb that my uh, the man that I was sleeping with are just using me. I'm blaming my womb that I am staying in toxic relationship. I'm blaming, I'm blaming, I'm blaming. And this is what we do. We blame ourselves, but then we uh, take painkillers not to feel that pain and like feel better. And because we live in a busy life, back to work, smile on your face. It's like, but behind those eyes, there is no spark. There is emptiness. And just like trying to survive another day. But your body is crying to you. It's like, hey, please help me. Here's the attention. Like, I need your attention. And you know, uh, unfortunately, so many people, so many women don't listen to their own bodies. They're so disconnected with their own bodies. That I uh, just actually last week, I had a conversation with somebody who attended my workshop in the festival. And it was a cuddle puddle. And basically, is uh, this lady, and she's been diagnosed with MS, right? It's like she's been in a wheelchair. And the truth was that when she realized that she is, like, she's been basically raped since the age of 16. This is how she uh, lost her virginity. And ever since that happened, she, her mental health went down. You know, she couldn't, she couldn't say no because, like, saying no was, you know, only bringing her even like more more trouble you know in her life and um it, it, her experiences basically have been really really messed up so she didn't feel safe in her body she developed ms as a result of that sexual trauma that she ended up in a wheelchair and that was the alarm point for her because she was already you know like um knowing and realizing that she can heal herself if she can make herself ill and sick to this point that she can also heal herself so she started exercises mental exercise she and she realized that well for her life to change something has to change she cannot try to live a healthy life and heal herself 
if everything in her life gonna stay the same. So she was like, where are the energy leaves? Where am I spending my energy trying to please people that don't matter, trying to be friends uh, or like accepted by people who, you know, take advantage of her? She like cut everybody off and became celibate for eight months. You know, it's like really focused two years only on healing herself. Meditated for six months, imagining that her um uh like uh nervous system comes down like two years later she's solo traveling <laughs> the Europe, you know, uh going to festivals and everything. And this is how we've met. She came to my uh workshop at the festival and actually what happened was she said she was for eight months um celibate and actually she never experienced consensual like sexual experience in her life and over the sudden here she's in a cuddle puddle with like lots of different people and we've been working like uh i guided this you know experience so that uh we first drop in feel comfortable with each other small groups of people get to um like experience you know when uh, consent is very important and she was just crying she was working with three other men and she's like three men are holding my body giving me foot massage and back massage without wanting anything in return oh my god this is like consent is a real thing it's possible and people do respect when I say what I want and what I don't want, it matters. And when we actually, you know, like talking to her was so like um, healing for my soul that actually like, oh my God, consent is so important. But so many of us never even experienced that. You know, and so many of us just expect our boundaries to be crossed. So many of us so feel that uh, if we say something, it's just going to backfire. And if I'm going to open my heart, it's going to be thrown back into my face. You know, and we develop in those coping mechanisms that keep people at the arm's length. We are settling for the crumbs of affection. And, you know, when we want the full cake and, you know, and we are settling. And we are thinking that we are too much, and we're asking for too much, and we have not enough, and like, and it becomes this like push and pull relationship, and it's like a war inside that you know that you want more, but you don't ask for more, and you don't have more, and it's like, oh my god, and then suppressing your desire, making yourself wrong. It's like I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should, and we just put this expectations on ourselves and nothing makes sense and then when we are communicating with our lovers or something like that everything just becomes even more complicated because within self you're not aligned it's like you don't know where you stand you know that you want more you know that you're not having more and you're trying to logically rationalize where you stand and you can't and mm. You know, when your partner responds to you 
it's like, oh my God, what is going on? So everything becomes very confusing. Wow, I love everything you've had to say. So many like nuggets of just golden wisdom there. And one really big word that comes through as you're speaking is radical responsibility in how we feel, what our experience is, and what the fuck we actually want. And, you know, you mentioned like, you know, women wanting one thing, but then not asking for it, for example. And this is so common where we're holding these conflicting beliefs about ourselves. You know, on one hand, this is what you want, but on another hand, we're too afraid to ask for it or to receive it or get it for ourselves. And the mind can't hold conflicting beliefs. The body can't hold conflicting beliefs. And every single time we try to hold those conflicting beliefs, it ends up in emotional, physical, energetic suffering. Um, so the huge word that comes through and the knowledge right there is just like this radical responsibility for really tuning in on this evolutionary level of ourselves of like, okay, this really horrible stuff has happened to me and it will continue to happen to some women, you know, but that doesn't mean that I can't experience pleasure, joy, fulfillment, satisfaction, all of these desires. And, you know, even without talking about the sexual trauma, this stuff starts from such a young age. You know, I grew up with my mom telling me men just want one thing and that's it, you know? So try, you know, forming a healthy relationship with men after hearing that your whole life, you know, that's why I sustained from even having sex until I was almost 19 years old, because I was like, I don't want to re be rejected by someone that I have sex with for the first time. You know, I don't want to be used. So I'm just going to avoid it, even though I want it. So, you know, it, there's so many ways where we end up sabotaging ourselves to experience these things based off who we think we are, when it, a lot of this stuff we're hanging on to is really not ours. And it's somebody else's sick manifestation of who they thought they were, right? Um, so there's so many beautiful nuggets there, Eugenia. Oh my goodness. Um, another big thing that came through is like that development of the body kind of, you know, what your point on pain, right? Is like pain is basically your body trying to get your attention um, to look inward at that deeper level of things. And by, you know, working with the pleasure and sexuality, it's not about not experiencing pain anymore, right? It's about building a larger capacity within your embodiment, within your nervous system, within uh, your brain as well. This has a lot to do with like the brain circuits and stuff like that, creating neural pathways. And what that does is it like opens our capacity. It, it, it expands our capacity so that we actually can experience the pain that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel, um, but not to the point where, right, we're now suffering and needing to cope again, but able to truly stay present with it. And what I'm hearing from you especially is like that presence is key. That presence is really what allows the medicine to, to happen, to occur. And, you know, by that woman that you met at the festival and how she, you know, started to move through this healing process. And, and then because of that, she was able to allow herself to experience the, the cuddle and being and held by, you know, these men who didn't want anything from her. And 
without her taking radical responsibility for herself, that wouldn't have been possible, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it actually just nourishes me so much when I hear stories like that, because it takes such tremendous amount of courage to put yourself in the situation where you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, it's so triggering. Intimacy for so many people is so triggering. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to be in a room with some strangers. It's like, yes, I know that I'm going to cuddle puddle. I don't know what to expect there. You know, but it also takes the enormous amount of desire to heal and following your intuition, knowing that there is something for me in there. You know, there is something for me in there. And guess what? Like, uh, at that festival, after those workshops, uh, she actually met somebody. She actually met somebody and had beautiful uh, soul connection with that person. Mm. Being able to experience wonderful intimacy together. You know, like how powerful that is, just knowing that Actually, when you put yourself into uncomfortable situations, most of the time, they're not that uncomfortable as your mind makes up them to be. And the truth is, you can always ask for help. You can always ask for support. Because I think that a lot, a lot of people are growing up thinking that they have to deal with whatever happening in their life by themselves and I think that isolates people it's like oh but you know I don't want to bother them with my problems oh but they have enough on their plate and oh but you know I don't want to seem a certain way I don't want to be weak I don't and we just create those stories around you know our situation and make it out that maybe it's not as important and we keep our people our friends our lovers our families out of our lives because we're so busy pretending that everything is fine when actually so many of us are dying inside feeling that they don't have anyone to turn to because again Therapy still is very much frowned upon. Oh, you you have a therapist? Oh, you have a coach? What's wrong with you? Well, actually, nothing is wrong with me, but I just want to work on my emotions. I want to feel better. I want to be the best version of myself. So how about that? And, you know, like asking for help, asking for support. I have such a great story about it too. It's because a lot of my clients who I work with, they they don't ask for help because you know they're so busy to be strong and independent woman. I can do everything by myself. You know, I don't need anybody. And what happens, you know, when they discover that actually asking for help is the opportunity for a connection then, you know, the whole life experience is changed. It's like, what? I can ask for help? I can ask somebody to bring me a glass of water? Is that an option? Oh, my God. You know, and like for women, for example, that 
allows us women to set ourselves into this receiving mode in the feminine energy. It's like, can I put pour myself a glass of water? Sure thing I can. Can I, like, you know, uh, I, I don't drink alcohol anymore, but I used to. I used to go to the restaurant, and I remember when I was leaving my um, corporate job, um, I went with my team to celebrate at the restaurant, and there was this, like, super handsome waiter, uh, like a manager, and he's, like, you know, bringing us this bottle of Prosecco. It's like, oh, ladies, I'm like, yes, can you fill up my glass, please? You know, so I'm like always so flirtatious. And and the girl's like, What can't you pour yourself? Yes I can because it tastes so much better when he does You know, and it's like <laughs> 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 this champagne tastes so much better when it's glass. You know, and and he's so happy to serve me. He's like always making sure my glass is refilled. <laughs> you know? And I'm so happy that I'm always looked after, you know. And, and the girls at the table, they're like, oh my God, Eugenia, you are just, you know, unbelievable. I'm like, this is true. This is like, it's so playful for me to do that. This makes me feel good, you know. And it makes him feel good and appreciated and loved and like oh my god what an honor to serve someone you know in such a playful way and it's, it's just becomes fun yeah I'm I'm happy that you mentioned the playful aspect of this because it can sometimes feel so heavy or impossible or like this big feat or step right and it can be that easy asking your waiter to pour you a glass of Prosecco because it makes you feel sexy and appreciated. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything else about the, you know, it doesn't mean anything else. It's just that that's what it was. And that was a cool experience, you know, and it can be that easy to just like, you know, start to practice in your daily life. So I'm almost feeling like, you know, this is like a little mini tool that you can put in your toolbox of like, like asking for, um, you know, in a playful way, asking for something that you desire, and it might be easier in that type of setting, you know, uh, because, you know, you're already at a restaurant or whatever, and just, you know, being able to actually ask for it before, you know, there's an assumption there. And um, that's just, it's so playful. And, you know, it just goes to show how connection can be spontaneous. It can be um, really fun. And um, I think that the reason that we treat it so much as this like big healing process, and it is, you know, is because we're kind of taking like our personality out of it. We're taking our own spin on things like out of it because we're still looking outside of ourselves of like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to do step one, two, three, and this is how it's going to happen. And like that also is not reality. Like there's this embodiment aspect that is inviting you to also show up in the ways that you want to show up and no one can teach you those things, you know? We can help you tap into your embodiment and, you know, move through the blocks, but no one can teach you how to truly show up in your connection as a human being um, in that, like, in that evolutionary process. Like, that's all you, babe, you know? And um, 
I think that that just is, it's that profound trust again, like this profound trust in yourself to just say what you want to say when you want to say it and ask for your desires and, you know, give it to yourself if someone isn't there to give it to you. Like you can give that to yourself, you know, you don't have to keep waiting till you get to a certain point in your healing journey to now receive pleasure and joy and fun and play. Like, cause if you keep waiting, it's never going to happen. Like you're, you're allowed to choose yourself now and develop that trust within yourself. And, you know, the connection piece is huge. Connection is the antidote to any emotional suffering we're experiencing, but it's also the thing we fear the most, right? So true. So it's just like, it's this huge freaking confliction when, you know, you can just start to break down those little filters and barriers in these tiny, simple ways. That's why I, I really love that story that you just shared. You know, I have so many more stories like that. Like, <laughs> just, I, I just love to play. And that is just, I think that's what keeps me so, you know, radiant and alive with my life because like for example even when i need to call a customer service of like whatever you know situation i'd be flirting on the phone <laughs> <laughs> i was like hi how you do it <laughs> you're like what I'm, like, I'm asking you how you do it <laughs> It just becomes fun experience instead of like, oh, customer service have to wait in a line, you know, and it's like, it just becomes fun. So the more I give myself permission to play and have fun, the more fun I have. And I think that this is, you know, so many of us, we don't give ourselves permission to have fun. We're so worried about what others gonna think about us. You know, I had a friend, and every time we would like go out, she'd be like, Eugenia, shh, you know, stop it, you know, don't do. And the more she like tries to <laughs> calm me down, the more outrageous I wanna be. <laughs> you know, it's like the more it kind of inspires me to do like some, you know, funky things and. You know, in the end, we have fun, but and this is true, you know, we're so busy about thinking about what is this step one, step two, step three, and blah, blah, blah. We forget to tap into our intuition and see, actually, yes, there are those steps, but what is the right thing for me right now? Because, you know, we also so focused on oh, but is my cat all right? Is, is my husband all right? Are my kids fine, you know? And it's like looking after everybody else that we actually forget to pour into ourselves. I know so many women are so scared to spend money on themselves. Like spend, to go shopping, spend money on themselves. Like, and, and those are, Women who have done really well in business, have got very good jobs, you know, but going to the cheapest store, buying things on sale, 
because there is that feeling that I'm not worthy. And you know, and and that lack mentality that you know I I can't I'm not deserving of this. You know that there is not enough when actually there's more than enough for her, for herself, but something that the inner limitation somehow is holding them back and that radiates that I can't spend money on myself. I can't possibly do that. I can't have so much fun. I've been working with somebody uh, where I coached her into dating and she started like, again, it was a few years back, I was working at another festival and this lady, she came up to me and she's like, oh my God, Eugenia, I really like this guy, but I don't know what to do, you know? And she was like maybe in her 50s, something like that, maybe even, you know, late 50s. And she came up to me and she's like, can you just like help me? You know, I just really want to like get to know this guy better, but I don't know how to approach this. And I coached her into how to like, you know, create the connection. She created connection with him. They spent a couple of days together at the festival. And next thing she's like dancing at one of the workshops. And then she something happened to her leg, to her foot, that she was not able to walk anymore. So she had this internal belief, if I have too much fun, I'm going to get punished. You know, I can't have too much fun. So this is how, like, our subconscious minds are so powerful. Mm. What you think? She stopped having fun. You know, it's like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, the power of your subconscious mind. It's just like, oh, there's so, there's lifetimes of information in there, literally. You know, I've seen some of my clients with different, um, you know, sexual issues that, you know, it's, it's showing up because of a past life memory, a past life trauma that they haven't been able to work through. Um, it's amazing, you know, how intelligent the mind is. And I think that the only thing we truly need to change um, to like step into this pleasure evolution that wants to happen is really our perception, right? And having that awareness of like how we're perceiving the events that are happening, you know, it, it allows us to be like, oh, like that's I'm curious now, like that happened and, oh, I'm connecting the dots now because I thought this way about myself and then that happened. And again, like we're taking responsibility for that and also like giving ourselves the compassion and like the curiosity, the play of like, holy shit, my mind is so smart and I don't need to hang on to that anymore, you know? Um, so just, oh, it's so amazing. I could talk about this for hours and hours. Um, and then Another key piece there that was coming through was that layer about um, how, you know, you can have all of the money in the world and still feel like a lack mentality. And, you know, um, I often say you can have all of the pussy power, all of the money, all of like the best toys in the world, and you still have to work through your unresolved emotions. You know, you can have the best of everything and still feel like shit. You know, and that seems pretty obvious, but somehow, you know, we keep 
doing the same thing, <laughs> you know, like, okay, the best lube, the, you know, the best toys, um, you know, the best experiences. And those are all amazing. Those can really like help us gain confidence and all of that. But it's like about, you know, stop looking outside of yourself, step back into the trust, the autonomy that you have always had, because it's never not been there. It's always there. It's just like we create these filters based off our subconscious perceptions, like you're saying. Um, I've had crazy experiences with my own clients of like, you know, because we work directly with the energy body and the emotion stored there, for example, I work with um, one of the, uh, I work with the elemental system, the Tibetan elemental system, for example, and we were working with the fire element with one of my clients and as soon as we started working with this fire element, which is your sexual center, um, she started to have nightmares and she started to have these visualizations of like this black ball of energy sitting in the left side of her womb. And I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder what your subconscious wants to say about that. So, you know, we went in and again, like we found that that black ball of energy was attached to three different past lives, not one, but three that had all to do with her losing the people that she loved. So because she's lost people that she loved so much in her life, um, in her past lives, she chose men that were emotionally unavailable because she already, she felt like it's not worth it. I'm going to lose them anyway. Doesn't matter how much I love them. They love me. I'm going to lose them. I'm going to be alone. It's not worth it. So we found that clarity just by tuning in to her body on that level. And the only reason why that was surfacing was because we were tapping into her sexual center. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense until it makes sense, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the truth is, you know, we're trying to make sense out of everything. And sometimes... Things are just the way they are, just because they are. And sometimes things, you know, I, I used to have a saying, nothing has to make sense and unless, like, um, as long as it feels good. And this is, you know, you can follow what feels good and logically it will not make sense to you. But you know that when you follow, where your intuition leads you, you just know you're going to come to a lot of goodness. And the mm. truth is, is there a chance to be heard, to be, you know, um, like, I don't know, something like something happening, like maybe when you're asking somebody for, for something, is there a chance for rejection? Hell yeah, of course, there is. But you know what? What would you rather? To live in the regret that you actually never went for what you knew was right for you? Or would you rather have a regret for asking and not getting? Or like not receiving or maybe not receiving in the form you thought you should receive? Mm. You know, because you're always going to have what you want. You know, something which you have said about um, asking for what you want. I remember um, once I was sitting and because I'm like so big on like asking for what you want, you have to ask for what you want. And usually I do. 
But in that moment, I was sitting on my own in the room. And I'm like, well, I have no one to ask for what I want. But, you know, I just like wrote down what I wanted. And I just read it out loud. And guess what? Everything that I asked for just happened that day, that morning. I was like, oh, I don't even have to have anyone to ask for what I want. I can just say what I want. And Mm -hmm. that just happens. This is brilliant. I'm going to be doing more of that. Oh, yeah. That's powerful right there. You you are tapped in, tapped into that direct line of communication. Yeah. That's the magic. Yeah. That's the magic that can really happen. That's real. Yeah. For sure. But you know, this happens only when you give yourself permission to be unreasonable. Mm. Like, this is the thing. You don't have a reason for wanting that dress. You don't have a reason to wanting that bag you can just want it you're allowed you are allowed to want a better life for yourself you are allowed to want better sex you are allowed to want to be healthier you're allowed to have friends you are allowed to have more fun you are allowed to have more joy and guess what the more you give yourself permission to have all of those like desires, the more you're gonna find a way to fulfill them, the more fun you're gonna have. And yeah, if you don't gonna fulfill all of the the capacity, I'm sure that at least some of them become a reality. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely worth trying. Yeah, and to continue that implementation of safety in your nervous system, like feeling the stretch, but not so much so where, right, you feel like totally outside of yourself, you know, so if you want to go by the bag, or you're making a decision in your life, and yeah, there's like a little bit of a stretch in your nervous system, right? And this is something that my mentor actually says to me a lot of like, just feel where your body is at. Is there a stretch? Like how far is the stretch? And if it's too much, it's okay to tailor it back. You know, it's okay to just come back a little bit and still get the need or desire met and move forward, but in a different light, in a different way. Um, So that's exactly what you're describing. And um, again, it's like, yeah, I think we also need to take into consideration of like not putting expectations on ourselves of the outcome of that thing. Um, because what happens, and this is, was me a lot of the times if like, I know I can manifest a lot of shit, but it doesn't mean that everything I manifest was, um, meant to be, you know, and, and discernment is key there, you know? So for me to like tap in and, and see like where I'm at, you know, it can look different and to give myself that permission of, it can look different and I might not understand it altogether, but I know that it's in the right direction, you know, um, because when we're like talking about desires, again, it's not, it's not all about that instant gratification either. You know, it's, it can be, those are great things. I'm not against that, but if you re- like want the unwavering fulfillment piece, it's like, 
trusting that intuition, like you keep repeating, Eugenia, is like stepping into these parts of yourself where you know you're in the right direction. You might not be positive about what exactly that's going to look like, but you know that there's this level of understanding in your body where you're like, yes, like, let's go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting myself to, to step into that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely, for me personally, it took many years to trust my intuition, to take me there, to take me places, because I actually went, when <laughs> I just went to a special event, like fully focused. It was called Release Your Genius. I'm like, well, I'm a genius. And, you know, somehow I'm not living my full potential right now. Something is not quite right. So I was very curious to go and see what happened. And actually, at that event, they taught us how to connect to your intuition. And, you know, what happened to me was I've signed up for a three-day event. And it was all about trusting your intuition, healing your past wounds, healing past experiences. And on a lunch break, on one of the days, I went out. I had my lunch with me, already pre-made. But I went out and I didn't fancy to have what I had with me. So I thought, let me just go and get something different. And as I was sitting in that little cafe, a homeless guy went in and he was like asking for food from the from the people there. And for some reason, I had the intuition that he, like when I walked past him, I had the intuition that, my God, maybe I can't, I don't have cash to give him. Maybe I can offer food to him. I knew it, but I went, went past him. And then he walked into the cafe asking for food. So I was like, oh my God. So it was just such a clear indication. My intuition is right. And yet I get in my own way when I'm trying to rationalize. Oh, but he just going to think this about me, but he doesn't want food. He wants money. You know, maybe I'm going to offend him if I want, if I'm going to give him food. Like, whatever that went to my head, you know, uh, I made the decision not to follow my intuition. But it was just, oh my God, this is what I do all the time. My intuition tells me to go right and I'm going left. Mm. I need to fix this. So, you know, it, it was a brilliant example of how, you know, disconnected from this feeling I was. But also it was brilliant for me to acknowledge that I have intuition and it's safe for me to follow her. Mm. That's beautiful. I think that even describing the different feelings and sensations in terms of when I'm following my intuition versus when I'm not, it's really hard to explain and really put into words. It's truly like this, um, it's very personal, you know, I think that it's a very personal level of, um, you know, how we make our decisions and it's, it's beautiful. 
Um, but it is an evolving process for sure. You know, up until recently, I've only, yeah, similar to your experience where it's only up until, yeah, recently I'm feeling like, okay, I'm realizing my intuition doesn't mean it always feels really good. (laughs) You know, I, our conscious mind wants to butt in and say, but that doesn't feel so good, you know, but that doesn't bring me a lot of pleasure right now, you know? And um, I think that just one more final point here of like intuition for me, it's about like seeing the bigger vision too. Like when we can hold a greater capacity of seeing the bigger vision for ourselves and tapping into that line of communication, right? With the universe as a whole, like acknowledging that it's not just about me, that it's about we, it's about us. It's about all sentient beings. It's not just about my pleasure. It's about your pleasure too. It's about your joy, your fulfillment, your satisfaction. I think that gives us the breeding grounds to actually tap more into our intuitive space because it's not just about us. Um, It is about like the betterment of all of humanity. And when we can sink deeper into those layers, not just of our pleasure and sexuality and all those beautiful things, but also of those parts where we have a greater capacity to experience discomfort, right? In the long run, that's where we're experiencing fulfillment and that unwavering presence. Um, And that can only come from that awareness that it's not just about you. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow sometimes. You mean I'm not the center of the universe? (laughs) Yeah, this is great. This is great. Tell me, what is your relationship? um, What was your relationship with your intuition when you were growing up and, you know, like more into adult life? Because I feel like everyone, as you said, have a very unique relationship with their intuition. What was yours? Very logical. I knew that I could bring things into fruition, but that didn't mean that didn't mean that just because I brought it in and made the choice that it was um, leading me to the the right. I guess I don't want to say the right or wrong place, but the place that wasn't in in alignment. So you know, for example, from a young age, a great example of this is that I really was able to will things into existence, like boom, you know. And that's the power of your mind. We can all do that. We all do that, you know, especially with negative things because we're thought we're thinking about negative shit all the time and we will it into existence, right? So, you know, from a young age, like even in high school, I could not wait to leave high school. I was constantly in my mind. It's like, I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to go travel. I can't wait to go to India. I'm making this happen. It's happening. The day after I graduate, I'm leaving. And that's what happened. I went and traveled India, like right out of high school, never been out of the country in my life. I went to the Maldives. I did volunteer work. I did all of the things. And then I returned back to India to continue, you know, yoga training and all of this. And these are big parts of my life that I adored that were huge learning lessons for me, but, or I should say, and if I were more aware of my intuitive spaces, perhaps I would have, I don't know how to explain this, like would have been able to truly be in that experience instead of searching for the next thing, you know? Um, And I did that for a long time. I traveled all over the world. I had 
a partner who lived in London. So, you know, I dated him for a, a few years. I almost moved to London, almost, you know, almost got married in London. That's the whole other story. But, you know, again, like, this was all shit that I was willing into existence instead of using my intuition to navigate. So when shit crumbled and, you know, for example, that guy broke up with me and, and in the most horrible, horrendous way, by the way, it was, it was, it crushed me because I wasn't following my intuitive space that entire time. I was following my will of existence and how I can will things to happen. And So that's the difference I started to lean into. I'm like, okay, like it's super easy for me to have these experiences and get what I want, but oh my gosh, the pain was not worth it. Like (laughs) what my, the pain that I had to endure after that was like, oh my God, if I just followed my intuition, then I would have made choices that were more in alignment with you know, the bigger vision. It wasn't just about me, but I was always thinking about myself. I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, I was super selfish. You know, I was very selfish. I was very self self absorbed. I would get angry when I didn't get what I wanted. And I made myself the center of the universe and thought I was hot shit. And, you know, I am hot shit, but I love like, you know, I, (laughs) there's more there now, you know, there's, uh, an embodiment happening that wasn't, um, that wasn't in my awareness at that point in time. So I hope that gives you some clarity on kind of how, how that, you know, I like manifested for me and at a younger age, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually quite resonate with that because for me also manifesting like things into reality have never been a problem, especially sex. For me, it was super easy. You know, um, I just basically have this superpower where I can think about what I want in sex and that just happens. <laughs> like, I just thought about it. Sometimes I don't even speak it out loud it's, and it's there. I'm like, holy shit, this is like some serious superpower. Like some people would kill for this, you know. <laughs> it's super like instant. I. And I don't know how it happens, but it does. I have no resistance whatsoever. However, you know, creating those experiences and like other things like travel, like I actually did get married in the past, you know, because following what I thought was right, what was expected of me, what was um, like pressure of society, pressure of the family, you know, because I'm a woman and, you know, I need to be married by the certain age, especially in my culture where I come from. If you're not married by 25, something's wrong with you, you know. Uh, so I'm like, oh my God, I just have to follow that. So I kept creating all those experiences, you know, also traveling, this marriage, you know. But then I'm like, am I happy? I'm actually feeling empty inside. Like empty. And I'm feeling so resentful because I have some sort of expectation that that next thing is going to make me happy. And when I get that next thing, I'm feeling more empty than any time before that. 
So it's like, oh, actually, maybe it's not about what I have. Maybe it's something, you know, about different, but what is it? And I couldn't place my finger on that. And then I was like, I remember when I was breaking up from one of my boyfriends in London, I was like, three years of relationship, toxic relationship is crazy. And I remember I was moving out from our house and I'm like thinking, why all of my relationships look the same? And this thought just for one moment, one split second just came into my mind. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. Like, no, it can't be possible. (laughs) But I already caught myself thinking that. So I could not unthink it anymore. And then I really started tracking back everything. My All, all of my relationships look somewhat the same. Like, I think I'm the problem. But guess what? If I'm the problem, I am also a solution. Mm. And this is just the way it is. You know, and as yeah. soon as I have realized this, my life started unfolding in the most magical ways. That radical responsibility that you have talked about right in the beginning of our conversation have Mm -hmm. actually opened up so many wonderful possibilities for me to uncover who I truly was, not who I was expected to be, who I was supposed to be, who I needed to be who you know but who I really was what was my essence and why am I here and since that moment I don't think I have felt you know unfulfilled I felt stuck I felt you know like fuck why is this not going the way I want to but I never felt empty inside which was beautiful Hmm. And, you know, our brains love to create a story. We love to create the imagery. We love to create all of the, yeah, all of the stories we possibly can about who we think we are. Right. And for me, I was, yeah, I was living in a story. I was like, this is my storyboard. This is what I want it to look like. And mind you, like that is absolutely possible with the right intentions, right? And as you're following that intuitive fulfillment in that in that kind of realm. Um, but without that, it's just like what you're saying, it falls flat and you're really not fulfilled. And you're like, wait a second, like I manifested this thing. I should be feeling happy. I should be feeling absolutely amazing. Like, you know, this is what my brain created the story from, you know, um, but there's that extra step, right? So like, this is why I think like modern manifestation is like, it's similar to that. It's like, make a storyboard. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, those things work because your mind is really powerful. And right, there's like these missing gaps, like you need to address the underlining stuff. You know, we have to address all of the things we're talking about, the emotions, your pleasure, your self-sovereignty, your personal responsibility, so that you're actually making the storyboard that is in alignment with that exact thing. Um, So really, really beautiful words, Eugenia. I really loved our conversation. Yes, likewise, likewise. I 
can talk for hours about this. Yeah, me too. And, you know, just a final reminder of like how we get to layer pleasure into this process, you know, and create that capacity for ourselves to experience more. You know, I often say like opening to pleasure doesn't just mean amazing orgasms and wonderful intimacy and sex because it does. And right when we're opening, it also means opening to like the stuff that we didn't know was in our own perception and our awareness too. So, you know, this is all really part of it. And it is a really amazing journey that will ultimately allow you to feel that fulfillment that we're all desiring and that ultimate connection. Um, So Eugenia, is there any type of pleasure practice that you would like to leave us with for the women um, or men listening um, to kind of tune into and start to integrate these pieces up that they've heard today us talk about. Sure, sure. I actually would love to um, offer this practice that personally I find absolutely incredible. I find that no one is going to treat you uh, out of your comfort zone. So if you're treating yourself with disrespect, it's just going to reflect in your other relationships. If you're going to uh, abuse yourself, it's just going to show in your other relationships. So my invitation is for anyone who's listening, like any gender, um, treat yourself to a wonderful day that you would love to experience with a lover. I would love to invite you to become your own lover for the night. And set the candles. If you have a bath, fill it up with water. Get yourself fresh flowers, your favorite flowers. Get yourself maybe a glass of champagne if you're drinking. If you don't, maybe you can have a cup of tea or a juice or like whatever that is. But the point of this is, and if you don't have a bath, that's also fine. You can have a nice, hot, long shower. But the the idea is really to get intimate with yourself and your body. And when you have a shower, like really allow yourself to feel every part of your body. Say thank you to your body. Like your feet are walking you all this time in on this earth you know you're running you're dancing you're rushing around you know and it's like you're getting everywhere and it's like have you ever stopped to actually say thank you to your feet for taking you on this earth you know your your legs your genitals have you actually ever talked to your genitals how powerful is that you know um everything you've been through you know, your body was there with you. Your body was there with you. Your body is the smartest machine you can ever come across. There is no higher intelligence than your body. So you may as well become your best friend. Your body may as well become your best friend because guess what? <laughs> you are not having another one. <laughs> This is just as simple as that. And 
I would love to offer you to bring that gratitude to your body, the parts of your body. If you feel some tension or pain, just ask yourself, what is this sensation trying to tell me? Why you are here? What is your message? And just listen. Just you don't have to you know, listen to the loud music or anything. You can do that in calmness and quietness or in a very low essential um music so that you can hear your thoughts because the, the knowledge will come to you as you connect yourself. So many of us want to be seen, but we so often ignore our own selves. So create the environment where you will see yourself, where you will hear your body, and where you will show appreciation for yourself. Because there is no one else you're going to wake up in the morning until the rest of your life but yourself. We're so busy looking for the one that we forget that the real one is right here who's looking back at you in the mirror every morning when you wake up. So it's so important that you learn the best friends with your reflection in the mirror. Mm. And it can be that simple and beautiful and it can be right in the comfort of your own home. I'm going to do that tonight as I wind down for the evening in my bathtub with my salts and my music. And uh, what a wonderful way to end the day and connect back to myself. Eugenia, I've really loved our conversation. Um, you are just a wealth of wisdom and a truly embodied woman, a woman and what you do. Um, and um, I'm grateful to have this conversation with you and have this connection with you. Um, and, um, until next time, um, I hope that everyone out there listening has received the medicine that they needed to receive today. Um, our intentions is that you experience, you know, your ultimate connection and, and pleasure within yourself and, um, and really come in and, um, ask yourself those questions, get, you know, get acquainted, very well acquainted with your body and um, what's going on inside. So um, thank you again, Eugenia. Thank you so much for having me. And I really, really, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you.